Well, good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to another great episode here on the Run, Pass, or Kick interviews with your team from the Rugby Rant. And as per usual, each Monday evening at 8 p.m. CST, we bring you another MLR Insider interview. But first, before we introduce the man of the hour, my name is Ty Braga, your host for today's activities alongside the familiar face of Scott, the big guy Ferrari himself. And as I said before, the man of the hour to introduce is Scott Lawrence from Rugby ATL. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. I never thought I'd see the day where I'd be on with the big guy and the staff at the same time. So thanks for having me. <laughs> A new milestone in your career, I'm sure. Absolutely. Of which there have been many. So I'd like to take the opportunity to be able to share somewhat of your rugby resume, so to speak, of which it is quite rich, where we've pulled a few of the highlights from that to be able to let our audience know exactly who we have in the hot seat this evening. So you, of course, are USA Eagle number 364. Remember that number? I say that because uh, before the show, you were like, am I? <laughs> 364? Yes, of course. Uh, but with five international caps, uh, you went on later to be able to uh, formulate a much uh, so rich career in coaching. Uh, you've been in the under-20s USA Eagles uh, coach where you were fortunate enough to uh, be a part of many campaigns, but most successful of which was in 2012 where you managed to be able to take the trophy while at the helm with the USA. And in addition to that, you have, of course, a long history with Light University, National Champions, Championships there, USA Eagle assistant coach, and now more recently, we know and love you as being a co-owner, of course, of Rugby ATL in addition to your role as head coach. That is Mr. Scott Lawrence. Once again, thank you for joining us here on the show at the Rugby Rant. But be able to let everybody know at home how this interview works. I'm going to hand you over to my colleague, Scott Ferrara. You know, before we do that, Ty, I just want to show everybody the shirt that you're trying to suck up with here. So show yes. everybody the shirt real quick. Just uh, he's, he's wearing yeah today from Shop MLR and of course the rugby shop. Yeah, so so if you want to get cool gear like Ty's wearing, especially if you're looking for your rugby ATL gear, get that sweet rattle gear at the rugby shop or excuse me, shopmlr.com. Check out the rattle store. I mean, they got cool stuff. I just got uh, a rugby ATL shirt a couple of days ago. It's actually in the wash because I wore it already because I'm cool. Um, and it's 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 red, it's white, it has a nice uh, snakeskin pattern on it. I, I was I'm really jazzed up about wearing it. Um, it's a really nice looking shirt. So again, check out all the rugby ATL merch at shopmlr.com at the rugby ATL store. Um, so now, real quick, if you're new to the run pass or kick, if you're new to the rugby rant, um, we do a unique style of interview. Like I said, it's called the run pass or kick. So we give the interviewer or interviewee three options. Right? They can run with the ball, take it right up the gut, answer that question. That's what we like to hear. Um, two, they can pass on it. You know, it's, it's, maybe it's a question that's too hot for them to handle. They're just going to let it go. They can pass, or this is the fun part. I like, I, I like it when they kick it back to Ty because it, it gets them a little flustered, but you can kick, you can kick the question. Yeah, yeah. You can kick the <laughs> question back doing, to one of the hosts. But... <laughs> yeah. You can kick the question back to one of the hosts, either Ty or myself. And we'll answer and, and see if if we can get if we were close to Scott's answer and he can give us a grade whether we were good and, and we're, we made the fit the match day fifteen or if he's throwing us off the team as the head coach and owner. Um, so Scott, are you ready for the run passer kick? Yeah, let's run. All right. So the first question, uh, I've actually changed it up. So sorry, Rob Hammerschmidt. Run passer kick. Is it true that you call David Fee, former USA Eagle teammate, fiasco because he's all over the place? I'll, I'll run with that one. That was a name that uh, Dave went by for a very long time on tour. But, uh, he's a he's a husband and a and a father now, so uh, maybe not as much of a fiasco, but still, he has his moments. We'll shout out to Dave Fee. Stick with you though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shout shout out to Dave Fee, uh, guest renter on our show, friend friend of me, Robin Ties. Um, I, I I put that out there because one of the things David said about Scott was he he's never smiled since the day he was born, and I saw a little smile when he was telling you why. So thought right. I put that in there. I believe uh, uh, Dave Fee might have the opportunity to defend himself on May third when he joins us uh, for the next rant. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> 
But uh, that gives me the opportunity here, Scott, to be able to jump in with the next question. So you know the rules. Run, pass, or kick. Let us know what you choose. But here is the question. Quality coaching requires one to analyze past performances and look for ways to improve. As a former Eagle yourself, what were some of the things you learned as a player that you wanted to improve upon when you began work as a coach? Run, pass, or kick, my friend. I'll run with that one. I think the first thing that I learned was to uh, not watch the game as a fan of my team or of myself uh, and to really just be curious about the game and uh, to look at the broader picture. So don't just look at what we're doing, but actually looking at the opposition and how they're shaping us and how we're shaping them. So I did that a lot as a player because I was really uh, inexperienced and I didn't learn how to do patterns of play until I got to the national team. I was just playing club rugby and so um you know I, I learned that as a player and then it, it translated into into my coaching where I you know eventually started to think about how uh you know you group and spread defenses and attacks and things like that and so um and, and then second you know is just that uh to get honest feedback because you have to kind of step outside your ego a little bit and, and look at the game in a in an unbiased way if you can yeah, no, and that's something I struggle with as a fan, you know, watching Rooney and trying to, you know, be a little bit, you know, mild with my, yeah, yeah, it's hard, but I, I could definitely see, you know, obviously playing and being a player and then moving to a coach, it's completely a different scale. So speaking, kind of speaking to that, um, as Ty said earlier, um, you know, you are part of the ownership and you're the head coach at Rugby ATL. So run, pass, or kick. What are some of the challenges in having both of those roles? Uh, I'll, I'll run with it. I, I'm not sure if there are there are as many challenges as there are opportunities. And what I say by that is it's very easy to divorce the commercial and business side of what you're trying to achieve from what you're trying to do on the field. And when you have a view to both, you're able to look at when I select this player, are they going to help? Are they going to contribute as a player? But what are they going to do for the community? What what are they going to, are they going to reflect the values of our franchise and what we're trying to do uh, with sponsors uh, and things like that? So I really, I enjoy that part of it, uh, balancing it. Uh, where I get, uh, you know, I have to flip a coin once in a while is, uh, do I need to go do this thing, this interview, this other thing, or do I really need to go coach the team and what's best for the business versus what I need to do then? So, um, so you know, I, I have that, that dialogue in my head once in a while, but in general, I, I kind of see it as a blessing because I'm able to be a part of the strategy of the franchise as well as the execution on a day-in and day-out basis. So two things that I took from that part there. One, is you have to look at much deeper opportunities. You get to see much deeper levels from different perspectives. And secondly, you had to ask yourself, do I really have to do this interview with these guys? (laughs) (laughs) Too late. You're here and we're taking the opportunity because that's what we do as well. But Scott, you are a good sport. And and I think that that's a really great way to be able to, uh, to get people to recognize, um, you know, when you, when you have these many hats that you do have to wear, one of the great upsides is that you do get to be able to take a step back and look at the broader picture, as you're saying, right? And look at all the great benefits that are there. So a credit to you. I'm sure that it's not easy to be able to wear that many hats, especially with such a young league. But let's turn our attention back to the questions at hand and we move on. Run, pass, or kick. You were on the ground floor of helping to build Major League Rugby and, of course, the uh, Rugby ATL side. If you were starting a new team all over again, oh, this is an interesting one. If you were starting a team all over again, which head coach in the MLR, besides yourself, you couldn't choose yourself, would you hire to steer the team to success? I'll run, I'll run with this one, Sean Pittman. Excellent. I like how you had that locked and loaded. Yep. It's a healthy respect. Yeah. You want to share a little bit more? No question. He's uh, he's an up-and-coming American coach. We need more American coaches in this league, uh, ones that know how to relate to the players, 
uh, and uh, and he's got tremendous depth of experience with the national team, being a you know multi-capped eagle, as well as being on that staff through World Cup. Uh, so I have a lot of time for him personally. I think he's got a, a pretty solid moral compass, and uh, and I would take him and Sean Davies. Uh, I'd take that Utah staff anytime. Fantastic! I love that answer. Yeah, no, and, and I, honestly, I think every other coach, if we interviewed him, might have passed or kicked that one. So it, it's great that you, one, had an answer right away, and two, it's it's just that you answered. I'm so happy about that. So this is this is one that I think is is a question that Rob had under his his thing because you know, as if you if you don't know Scott, you know Rob had Rob's son plays for Lindenwood, so Rob's a big LU guy, uh, mm. Lindenwood U. Um, so as a former head coach of the Vaunted Life University program, you've had. I mean, you have so many players in, in the MLR currently in the league, Cam Dolan, um, Matt Harmon, uh, Aaron Matthews. So run, pass, or kick. Is the college draft here to stay in the MLR? A run, and it's here, and it's going to get bigger. Uh, you know, last year it was two rounds. I, I predict that it's going to be more. Uh, when you look at the number of players taken in the first two rounds, a percentage of those signed, and then the number that were taken in free agency afterwards. Um, and you compare that to the length of the season and the number of players that are required to get through a 16 to 18 game season, depending. Uh, I, I think it's it's here to stay. Um, what I hope that happens from that is that more programs like Lindenwood, uh, like Life, uh, continue to put varsity programs in place that uh, are a legitimate step between, uh, you know, their high school and, uh, and pro experience. So I I think that, you know, not to go off script here guys, but the big thing that we're missing that we can do is more collaboration between MLR teams and collegiate teams. There's, there's a, there's a bit of a separation there that's artificial based on, NFL and MLB and, and, you know, and NBA that isn't, shouldn't exist in rugby. It's, it's not the same number of dollars, uh, commas behind the dollar sign on this. And, uh, there's actually a real opportunity for us to grow that pipeline. Uh, and so, uh, I hope we get some more collaboration there to really strengthen the draft. I think there's many people that share the same sentiment as you have just shared. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's definitely an upside, opportunity for growth, improvement, all of these factors. It kind of ties into my next question that I had lined up in any case, uh, and sticking with the topic of college players in the MLR draft, run, pass, or kick. Given the lack of college playoffs in 2020 and the limited quality college matches played this season thus far, does the league have a plan to enable teams to properly evaluate the talent that they'll be entering into the 2021 draft? Not at the league level. There are individual franchises like ourselves in Utah and New Orleans who are getting together and putting together pro days where we'll all show up and we'll look at players at different locations. And Utah is really spearheading that. So uh, we we did a number of those as well um, before our inaugural season in 2019. Uh, we did some pro day uh, kind of combines. Uh, I think you're also getting, you know, last year with the draft and with the way things went, we really learned how to do it remotely. Mm-hmm. So you imagine putting a player on Zoom and having them do a bio, you know, biomechanical screening to having them, you know, you know, do a squat with their hands over their head and things like that. But you, you kind of learn those things. So it's a, it's at a, it's at an individual franchise level but you'll see some some uh, like-minded kind of you know franchises that are interested in recruiting american players you'll see them start to put some things on yeah and i think you know one of those those things and it just it couldn't happen last year was obviously a league-wide combine and i, and I wonder if that's ever going to become a league-wide thing and it's not going to be on the franchises to do that um because you know as you know in the nfl and the mlb while they do have team days you know you can come out and and you know, yep. practice with a team. The NFL runs the combine, and it has become quite the spectacle when people are sitting at their desks at work at three o'clock and want to watch linemen run, you know, the forty-yard dash and things like that. I just think that's one of the things MLR should spearhead to to put out there on social media and give more access to to what's going on. But that's sure. just me. Um, so, so speaking speaking of of things like the MLR and sponsoring things, 
it's time to keep the lights on. So, you know, Tighthead Brewing Company is Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers for all seasons. Located in Mundelein, Illinois, the heart of Lake County, owner Bruce Durr and the Tighthead staff will ensure you are kept well hydrated so you don't miss a single scrum. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and families can meet, socialize, and enjoy the action of every MLR uh, derby or just an MLR match. It's great. Um, you know, the 20, 2021 season has been an offensive explosion and has been electrifying so far. Um, join us for week seven watch party as Old Glory DC takes on the LA Guiltini Saturday, May 1st at 8 p.m. The watch parties will happen every week throughout the season. And um, the last one will be for the uh, MLR final on August 1st. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. And, you know, um, our friend Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt and David Fee um, has been uh, a part of some of those watch parties. So this week, if you're not doing anything, if you need to find a place in the Midwest to go watch some quality rugby, head over to Tighthead. Talking about that game for a moment, I'm going to jump in with an unscripted question here headed towards Scott Lawrence's way. OGDC versus the Guiltinis. Your prediction for a win, my friend. One pass or kick? I'm going to kick that to the big guy. Okay. First kick of the match. Yeah, first kick of the match. I mean, right now, LA looks really good. Um, We did see some cracks in the armor two weeks ago. And, you know, this week they had more of a fire in their belly. And I I put that towards being in their first derby match more than, you know, their play. So I think maybe playing against an OG team who has a, a, a really young back line, they're movers and shakers with Danny Tusatala there at nine. I think it's going to be close. I think it'll, I think the margin. I think LA wins, but the margin is going to be way closer than people think. I think it's going to be more back and forth like uh, the Houston match was. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a difficult one to be able to call, but uh, I'm kind of curious to see how Scott uh, uh, Lawrence's evaluation of your answer is. I, I think uh, I think uh, you're you're pretty close, actually. I think Old Glory has got a little bit of something now. They're back up to full strength, and they have. Right. Um, yeah. They have, they they do a lot of uh, extracurricular things during the course of the game, which could really kind of uh, get the guilt. If they can get under the guiltini skin, um, then uh, then they may be able to throw them off a little bit. But uh, guiltinis are a pretty experienced side. I think they'll come out on the other side of it, but there could be a bit of that. Right. Yeah. So, and if you if you talk about Callum Gibbons, he's one of those guys that he did that in the Rooney match well and, and was getting under right. some of the younger guys' skin. So I could definitely see that being something that changes the tide of that match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just we're, we've got we're making pretty good time at the moment. So I'm going to throw another one your way, and I apologize, Scott, because I know I think you've got the next one lined up, but we got a little bit of uh, a ball in hand, mm-hmm. a little bit of time on the clock here. So what do you make of this conversation? And you're probably not so in tune with, with, with what's going on in the social media platforms and the different chats and things that are kind of being passed around that the, El- the Giltinis, LA Giltinis, are this unstoppable force to be able to enter the MLR. Uh, is it a lot of hogwash or is just nobody figured out the right mechanics to be able to break that, uh, that, that armor? Um, or do you think there's some merit to this? I mean, I, I know this is totally off script. Um, just general thoughts about what people are saying? I think they're a very good team. Uh, the, the scoreboard doesn't lie, uh, you know, and and they're, they execute really well. So, uh, you know, they are the best team in the MLR this week. Uh, it is this week, and it's a long season. So, right. you know, I think, uh, I think they – we'll see how teams mature throughout the year. Uh, we'll see how – you know, if you watch the initial teams play, I think there's there's something to be said for if you want to beat the Giltinis, the, the way to um, defeat a king is to first defeat the myth of the king. And that is to defeat the fact that you think they're unbeatable. Right. And, and I think that when you ask me about Old Glory, I, Old Glory is that type of team. They right. they will go play. They will go play. They, they won't back down from that challenge. So I'll be really interested right. to see what happens this weekend. You know, Ty, there's there's a fan question here. So Sam Upman asked Scott, and this is probably more of your owner's hat, um, run, pass, or kick. Rugby ATL has one of the smaller social media followings. Why is that, and are there any strategies to grow that following this season? Uh, I'll, I'll run with that. Um, we, are, we do have the highest engagement. 
of, uh, of any team in the league. So in terms of pure numbers, lower but higher engagement uh, for those that are in uh, as a percentage. So uh, there's always strategies by our commercial team uh, to grow that. I think it's, it's centered around a couple of uh, key pillars. The first is engaging content that exposes the players and, and the staff. Uh, and it's also, uh, our work in the community. I think we, we believe that uh, a lot of this is grassroots. It's not all social media following. Not everybody that comes to our game actually follows our social media. Uh, so it's a lot of, uh, handshaking and, and police athletic leagues and, and things around the area that, uh, that are really driving our fan growth. Good old fashioned marketing networking the old school way. (laughs) Yeah, and you, you get a chance to work with some really special young people who um, you know could could use rugby in their lives, and so that's uh, that's been that's been right. awesome for us. And for for those people that aren't yet familiar, um, rugby ATL, our own experience it has changed from uh, well, last year obviously was a truncated season, but what's great is even for us on the rugby rant, we've seen a much higher um, opportunity to be able to work more closely with organizations like yours, Rugby ATL being a great credit. We spoke with Kevin uh, who helped arrange this interview. And of course, those opportunities are being spread across the league because as you say, it's about connecting with people uh, and engaging an audience. And, you know, opportunities like this is really grateful for that. But in addition, you're doing a lot of post-match press conferences where you invite players in the media at all levels to participate and engage uh, in, in the conversation and also help steer the conversation as well. Um, I mean, is that another big part of those, those building blocks of, of engaging the rugby audience uh, as a whole? I think so. I think having a post-game press conference is really table stakes for a professional team. To be honest, I mean it's something we, we should be doing. Um, we should all be doing it. So, right. um, I you know I I think it's as you kind of mature into a sporting franchise, you, there there's certain steps you have to take to be legitimate in the American sports market. Uh, you know, so you kind of tick those off, and and then once you get that legitimacy, you only want to go so far because you don't want to replicate. You want to be different. Right than other sports. There's a differentiation component to it. So that's where we look at fan engagement. That's where we look at uh, different content. That's where we, you know, putting different players on each week instead of just the the guy who's the most articulate, Uh, just, you know, really trying to uh, trying to flip the script a little bit and show uh, those that are logging on for the first time that rugby players are different. They're different. They're just than than other sportsmen, you know. And and I'll I'll say this, you know, I I don't do a lot of social media, but I, I did do something a little naughty, you know, a couple of weeks ago where I um, we train at a facility, and at that facility are a number of professional athletes, and the handicapped parking spots were all loaded with Bentleys and Maseratis and right and you know, I walked, I walked by that and I looked at that and I took a picture of it and said, we wouldn't do that just out of respect. Now, right. nobody's going to come in and pull into that parking spot, yeah. right? It's, it's mm-hmm. 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning, right? Nobody's going to come in. That, that parking spot's going to go unused, but that's beside the point. Right. The point somebody might. And, and I think that our players and our staff and our people and our organization and every organization in the MLR understand that and appreciate that. And so those types of things are differentiating, in my opinion. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we like to talk about all North American rugby. And uh, the fans might know I posted something about a friend of mine, Nikki Springer, who passed away. And Nikki Springer was the MVP of 2018, uh, 20, 2008 Paralympics with uh, the USA Wheelchair Eagles winning a gold medal. And I'm sure he would be, uh, you know, upset if, if those guys took his parking spot, you know, because he earned it. Um, yeah. But let's get into the quick tap segment real quick. So, again, fans, if you don't know what the quick tap segment is, it's just a quick either or. We want to get a sense of what Scott's all about. So we're going to ask him some real, real hard-hitting questions here. So the first one is preferred beverage, Sin Bin Lager or Chattahoochee Coffee? Chattahoochee Coffee. Ooh, coffee guy. I like that. I like that yeah. a lot. Um, so the second one is the quote-unquote other team, the Hawks or the Falcons? Hawks. 
really basketball guy. Good. I'm I'm a huge college basketball guy. NBA, I get a little iffy, but I love watching little, those little mid major schools when it we, comes, uh, especially. We, when have a, we have a connection there. Our head of performance, his wife, is the head of performance for the Hawks, oh, and they oh, were a great organization. They they gave us some equipment to get started. They really supported us as a franchise when we first got going. So that was cool. That's awesome. I love to to hear that. You know, that's I mean. Uh, that that's awesome. That other organizations are helping. Pollination, you yeah. know, is so important for for yeah. teams. I wish, you know, I wish there was more of that across the board in the entire league. I'm sorry, I don't mean to derail the conversation, but that's an interesting point. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so, preferred coaching focus. So, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna rearrange that. What do you have more fun coaching, attack or defense? Attack. Got attack. It. Yep. And that just sums up the MLR. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those score lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love a good. I love good defense, and I take over the defensive duties for most of, for the team mostly. And but uh, right. but you, you, I think if you have to want to be a good defense coach, you got to be a little bit of a, you have to have a secret attack side to you. That's nice. that's what you know. Greg McWilliams always said he 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 was a great attack coach because he understood defense first yeah. um yeah. so I, I definitely definitely agree with that so you get to chill with a prop Jonas or chance oh they're they're both equally weird um <laughs> <laughs> but he means that as a compliment <laughs> i think you know i think it would be with Jonas because uh neither of us really like to talk that much so we could just sit there in an awkward silence and enjoy it <laughs> this is the the first time I met Jonas uh last year Rooney and Arrows had a had a scrimmage up in uh, up in Buffalo and all the guys were like, "Oh, did you meet Jonas yet the new guy?" And I was like, "Hey Jonas, how are you? You know, I'm Scott. I run the Rooney fans or whatever." And he's like, "Hey." I'm like, "Nice chat." Okay. <laughs> cool, man. Talk to you later. No, he's Jonas is the man. I love Jonas. So, uh the last one, Mother's Day brunch as a family or taking the kids for the day. Like, you know, you take the kids and let your wife have fun. Take the kids for the day. Um, mostly because my brunch choice. I've tried that in the past. It sucked. It ended up not being very good. Um, Exhausted for everybody. Now I just take the kids and hand the credit card over and say, have fun and see you later. I mean, I'm sure she won't listen to this, but that's a great answer (laughs) in case she does. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you have it on file. It's been recorded. If you need it, we'll send you a copy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So as we move out of the quick tap, we go back into our regular line of questioning. We return to that familiar run, pass, or kick format. But before then, a quick reminder for all those that are watching at home, listening to us in your favorite podcast streaming service, you can find us online under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod through all of the social media networks, networks that you may enjoy, including, of course, Facebook, Twitter, now more recently, TikTok, and uh, under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod, where you can also find us on your favorite podcast streaming services. And uh, make sure you give us a like, review, rate, do all the things that help us get even more listeners. So again, thank you for spending your time with us. But let's draw our attention back to the man of the hour with Scott Lawrence from Rugby ATL. My friend, here it comes again. Run, pass, or kick. There is a saying in New Orleans that NOLA stands for no one likes Atlanta. You can tell Rob Hammerschmidt wrote this one, right? (laughs) So with that in mind, clearly NOLA fans have a serious dislike for anything Atlanta. Is the feeling mutual uh, for Atlanta fans? Is this matchup of uh, one of those MLR derbies, great rivalries that people will talk about in many years to come? Uh, I'll run with that one. I think there is when you think about like the Falcons and the Saints and, and some of that. So I think across the board, uh, there there is that feeling. I, I think it's – I hope that it buds into a really great rivalry. I, I got to tell you guys, like this weekend when NOLA was in, there was a lot NOLA fans that traveled and they were loud. Mm-hmm. You could hear them in the stands. And, yeah, I just thought, wow, that's that's cool. That's fantastic, right. you know. I mean, uh, just to just to see that. So, from a you know taking off my coaching hat for a minute, talking about my you know kind of the commercial side of it, I'd say I hope it does. I hope it just continues to grow. Mm-hmm. You know, fans are traveling between the two cities, and 
uh, and that we fill the stands for those games. Right. You There's know, only great upside for it. Yeah, and, and guys like Benji Haswell, I know Sheila and Dan, I, I believe, went with them. Um, great friends of ours through Rob. Um, and they were, one, they were excited to go, obviously, because of the Derby. Two, they were excited to cheer on their team. And three, they said it was a great setup to go and watch rugby, you know, something different than the gold mine. And they said they were they were really embraced with open arms by by the, the Atlanta fans. You know, nobody likes Atlanta is their slogan, but, you know, it's a healthy rivalry. It's a fun rivalry. And that's what yeah, I like think it's see. just a bit of fun. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it's. It is. It's it's a it's a ton of fun to be quite honest, and that's why Ty's laughing as he's even asking Scott the question because we're like, "Ooh, this is a good one." Um, but so speaking of of Saturday, um, you guys struck quickly, putting up two successive tries in the first five minutes. Both were a product of bringing the ball wide to the wing, followed by well executed chip and chases. Was this something you saw in the Nola defense structure that you put in uh, that you felt you can exploit, or is just is the chip and chase something you were just trying to do overall as part of your attack in the season? It was something that uh, we identified as a possible opportunity. You never, you never know until you get there. Uh, and I think, I think the guys just made some good decisions. They saw there was four back. When there's four back, there's space. Uh, and so they just, you know, took the opportunity. And we were, we were deep in our own half, which means uh, they knew we had a long range kicking game, which means they were deep. And I, I think they just, you know, picked that up and and played with it. So um, it wasn't something where we said, you know, we're going to chip and chase on the first play. It was, it's, it's more, I think at the, at this point in the season, it's more, we think there's going to be some opportunities here and make sure you have your eyes up for these things. Right. And that's what makes it interesting is that from week to week, the strategies obviously are going to change and you look at your opponents. Mm-hmm. So the game plan is constantly evolving, but with that in mind, a game plan only takes you so far. It's the intuition of the players on the field that takes you the rest of the way. But giving them the platform and the freedom to do so can really create some magic on the rugby field that is only uh, great entertainment for viewers at home. Yeah, I agree. So talking about the the viewers at home and, and those that come to the stadiums for a moment, if you're brand new to the game, Scott, and you're just looking to be able to dip your toe in the water and you're figuring out the game, you have a friend who brought you along, and naturally, like anybody else, they want to learn a little bit about what they're about to enjoy. So if you were one of those people and you brought your rugby mate along for the first time, who should they know about? Who are some of the key players that are the standouts for Rugby ATL that you think people at home and new fans shouldn't learn about? I'm going to kick that one back to you, Ty. Okay, so, man, where do you start, right? Okay, I know where I would start. I can't rattle through the whole list, but one of the key positions is, of course, fly half that you people can easily relate to uh, if they are from the American sporting landscape. Uh, it's a key position, decision maker, and for me, that's Robbie Petzer, who was recently brought into the outfit this year. I myself was fortunate enough to be able to see him play as a, as a Colorado Raptors announcer in 2020. Uh, great talent. Um, I'm so glad because, you know, obviously he was going originally going to Japan, then originally he was going to Dallas, and then the door just opened up for you to get a tremendously uh, talented player. Um, I, I think from my personal point of view, he's kind of slotted in fairly quickly. Um, and as a result, is also a pretty exciting player um, at 10, 12, uh, 13. You know, he's versatile. So you could see him across the field in, in many different positions. That's one that sticks out for me. Good. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, can, yeah, can you believe that South African guy picked a guy from South Africa as a player? Yeah. I, mean, I, just <laughs> I, can't it. I mean, I just. Gotta go with the countryman. I mean, I I think you know we talked about Jonas, but also we could talk about uh, uh, my boy, the cowboy, Mark O'Keefe. One, because his slim, shady haircut, but two, he's been one of the more exciting players in the MLR since he came on your squad. I think week two, um, was he? I think he might have four tries in five matches or four tries in four. I can't remember the stat, but you know he's a he's. Yeah, he's he's one of those. Yeah. They have Fijian flyers. He's an he's an Irish flyer. Uh, my boy Mark can move. Um, so he's a guy I think for a new fan, 
if you put them on Mark O'Keefe, one, you talked about social media, and most new fans are probably going to be of the younger generation. Yeah. He's a guy Let you me, like to follow on social media. He has a lot of fun. Yeah. Let me just for a moment rephrase my question a little differently because I do think that it has some value in it for somebody new to rugby. So let me ask you this way then, Scott. So you don't have to identify one player over another, but identify a position. Like if you were just saying to somebody who's never seen the game, kind of familiar with the physical sports, what are the key positions they should be looking at to kind of understand the game? Like if you had to pick three. Hmm. I know well, it's difficult, answer, but it's I'll, an interesting I'll question. Answer, I'll answer it a little bit different way. If you, if you sure. take the way that I explain it to new fans is uh, – it just happened to be at a at a neighborhood party one time, and there was eight red solo cups there. And so I took the red solo cups and made a scrum. And then I went center, guard, tackle, tight end, right? And I and I and just moved them around to show them what it looks like and where football came from. And so that that's the way I kind of explain the game. Is there's you know the players up front. If you're a you know, a big fan of, uh, of linemen and look in the scrum. That's where you'll find the prop. But if you want to really understand kind of the, the shot callers and the quarterbacks of the team, you start with the spine. So you say the right. two, the eight, the nine, the 10, and then the 15. So you kind of say, you know, the two controls your, your set piece uh, and, and determines that uh, your eight is, is kind of that link uh, between the two. Some would say it's a seven. Your nine and your ten are like dual threat quarterbacks, and then your fifteen is the one who kind of surveys the field and looks for space. So he's the he's kind of the guy that's got the box seat uh, in the game. So that that that's how I would do it. I like that. It shows a really great yeah. visual. By the way, here's a little bit of magic. You just put exactly what you said, as simple as you illustrated it, and do it in real life. Film that, and probably everybody would find it a lot simpler than some of the rugby one hundred and one stuff that's out there. I. I, I literally was just going to say, if somebody from the league is watching, if, if you that's know, what Killebrew, be. who's been on our shores, that should be rugby one Oh two. You need right? to be what on that said. and get that. Seriously. It's, it, that was very easy to follow. They should be putting that. Yeah, as, like grabbing as, a pen. He's got to take a note, take a note, take a note. Yeah. Honestly, they should film him, put it at halftime of every match yeah. on TRN. That is the simplest and easiest yeah. way. It's so easily relatable. It makes sense. It's clear. It's concise. It's not confusing. Um, and it's easy to be able to adopt because people now you put it in a simplicity in a language that is easy to understand. Um, even if you're not that well versed with football, uh, it's still pretty easy to understand. So I like that, man. That's really good. All right. I'm going to give you an A plus. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're trying to trying to get more money from the league that do those rugby one on one videos. You know, I was get get yeah. that extra stipend. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. You know, you got you got the the as I call them the New England Flapjacks uh, next week because uh, mm. you know I'm a Rooney fan, so I, I can't even say the name. I can't wear the merch. That's that's in our contract with uh, the shop MLR and the rugby shop. You come out with a rash. Yeah, I, I get no no free jacks merch is allowed to even be sent to me. Um, so run past or kick. What can you share about this week's preparation leading up to this match? Uh, well, I'm gonna run with it, but say we actually have Toronto, and then. Oh. The yeah. Well, Rob, thanks for being a jerk, Hammer. <laughs> Good job, Hammer. You had one. You had one that job, might, that and one you obviously my did fault. Well. I think that I looked at the wrong schedule. <laughs> oh. Okay, Ty. Thanks. Okay, so Toronto. After they gave my my roosters a drubbing uh, this Saturday, um, yeah. is there anything you tell us about this week's preparation leading up to the game? You have to. You have to execute. Toronto is is doesn't make mistakes. They really don't. They, you know, they're a very consistent team. They, you know, strong set piece. Uh, now that they've started to let uh, Tukulat take over a little bit of the back line, uh, some of the shapes they ran this weekend were were really, really fun to watch. Um, and uh, Chris Silverthorne's doing a great job there. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, but Toronto is actually stationed in Atlanta uh, right. for yep. the season. So we, we've gotten to know them quite well. So, I think I think for us as we look at it, it's about one ninety percent of your time is about executing your plan and you know keeping yourself in a good position in the game. So uh, don't give away anything easy to Toronto. And then you know I think secondly is just making sure that 
uh, you're controlling the, the set piece of the game. It's a, it's a big, you know, point for them. And, uh, and, you know, if you can, if you can execute, you know, get your attack efficiency above that kind of 80% mark and you're able to control the set piece, then you, you, you have a shot in any game against a team that's just really consistent like that. Right. Yeah, so I mean, is it fair to, to say, I'm sorry to, to jump in there, Scott. I just had a, a well, big guy. Well, it's getting confusing. Two Scots. Um, <laughs> Scott one and two, right? But anyways, um, do you use then, is it fair to assume that you subscribe to the philosophy as a lot of people recognize very much the same, that if you control the set piece, you control the game? I think if you look at the origin of the, of the scores in the MLR, then that is the case. And still, you know, the world over, uh, most tries come from lineouts. Um, and the team that actually kicks the most and carries the most usually wins the game. Uh, that's, a, you know, kind of a, a stat across the board. So, right. um, so I, I think if you're and, – and when you back up from that, you, you take yourself out of the weeds of the stat and you say common sense-wise, you control territory, if you hold on to the ball – and you have good set piece, then you have a good chance to win the game. Um, you know, so it, it, it makes sense. Absolutely. And, and yeah, the thing they, the thing that Toronto did against Rooney very well talk about possession is dominating uh, defensive breakdowns, poaching the ball. And the second yeah. thing they did was taking advantage on counterattack on clearance kicks that didn't make it quite out of bounds. And that's something that I've noticed Toronto has been good every year they're perennially good at a counterattack for whatever reason they can right. exploit the defense not being in a great line. And I think yeah. th- those go to your points about one, having your set piece down so you can dominate on their side of the field and yeah. keeping that possession. Yeah, I love, uh, you know, just uh, again, a little bit off uh, a point here, but so Scott Lawrence, you have a, a way about you. Let's just say you're a man of, 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 of few words, but what comes out of your mouth seems to be gold here in terms of you. I was a new fan. You have a knack of being able to explain it in a simple manner that translates well. And uh, I think you should be able to be using that. I mean, I think you, you should be driving some of this towards the content to be able to help education in, uh, in Major League Rugby. Um, you know, just the neither, you know, just the personal comment from myself. I'm sure Scott feels the same way. Um, but, you know, I think that, you know, it's about the balance, as you said before. We've got a lot of new people, but we also need to be able to provide great substance for those uh, tried and tested fans, those purists, those traditionalists of the game, so to speak, who want a little bit of a deeper viewpoint. And we're going to step into your role more so in the management over here as opposed to the coaching with this next question. Mm-hmm. So you'd spoken about uh, uh, Nola, uh, sorry, spoken about uh, the arrows being at home, so to speak with you uh, yeah. at the snake pit. So on that note, many teams such as Houston and Nola are in their own facilities, whereas rugby ATL is sharing space at life university. Are there plans uh, in the works to develop your own facility? We have our own uh, practice facility. Uh, and building with with offices so and that has a field attached to it uh, so we, we we do have our own facility built uh, we are um, there are plans I think for most teams in the league to actually own a piece of property I I think if you if you when you look at those opportunities you have to look at them thoughtfully you can't think of them as just a rugby venue uh, the rugby is played for a certain number of times per year. And, and even though you'll bring in community, what's going to subsidize community being able to play in your stadium is going to be uh, outside of rugby activities, concerts and different types of right. games, and things like that. So um, rugby ATL itself will probably not build a facility, but we will be an investor in a, in a group that will um, that will we'll look at something like that as a, as a for profit entity. It's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because when we had JP Anya, the president of the Sabercats, he said that's why they have a VV Stadium because outside of the rugby season, they will be having concerts. They will be getting yeah. other sports in that facility yeah. um, because it is part of their business plan to do so. Be, you know, not just play the rugby and shut it down at the end of the season. So I, yeah. I mean, obviously, all the, uh, that I guess that ownership's all on the same wavelength of where you want to go. And, and I, I and, think so. You know, I think so. I mean, I think the thing that you 
that we really think hard about is where's our focus and, and scale. So if you want to run a stadium, you think about the headcount and the staff and the operations and the capital and everything that goes into that. Uh, when you're first getting started, um, if you can do it, great. I think our focus is, is on building a franchise first. Mm-hmm. And it, being along for the ride and being an investor in a facility where that group wakes up and, you know, kind of eats and breathes uh, running that facility and making it profitable on a daily basis and, and rugby ATL is a tenant of it. Yeah. Would you feel comfortable giving uh, a timeline of what you would hope? I mean, ideal scenario to be in a facility that you can call your home and be a primary tenant or at least as you described it, uh, an investor in, in a multi-purpose stadium? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to say too much, guys. I think I'll, I'll pass on that one. That's um, okay. I mean, it was yeah, just, no I, I, that was totally off the cuff. I just kind of yeah. was wondering as, as people think like, you know, in five years, we want to be here, 10 years type thing. Uh, yeah. I guess, you know, as fans, we always just want to know more. And uh, yeah. sometimes these things are evolving and, and we got to be patient, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, so speaking of the future, we're going to talk a little bit about test rugby, um, you know, after the season. So based upon recent news reports over the last couple of months, it's clear that Gary Gold, the, the, the coach of Team USA, is trying to arrange matches with some top teams in the world. You know, they talked about England. They talked about South Africa. They talked about the British and Irish Lions tour. Most recently, they talked about the All Blacks, uh, you know, doing a match against the All Blacks. So run, pass or kick. Should the Eagles return to international play against top tier teams like those mentioned, or should it be against opponents that's more on their level, that tier two side? Uh, I'll run with that. I think it's a mixture of both. Um, you know, I think you've you've got to have you've got to have those learning experiences against top tier teams. Uh, you've also uh, got to have those competitive experiences where you're learning how to win very uh, evenly contested, um, you know, kind of matches. And, and that's where you get kind of uh, the ones that, that, that usually fit better. Great. Um, so, Scott, you want to take that uh, – oh, sorry, Scott Ferrari. You want to jump into the last one. And before we, we, we dive into that last question – what we'd like to be able to do, uh, Scott, uh, is as you know, you are our host. I'm uh, sorry, our, our guest of honor, so to speak. But as the host, I'd like to make sure that I give everybody an opportunity to give a shout out to somebody important and their family and so forth. So, have that playing in your mind. What message you want to be able to share with folks as we dive into the last question here, delivered by Scott Ferrara? So, run, pass, or kick. If the opportunity presented itself to take the head coaching role for the Eagles program, and you were offered it. But you had to leave as the head coach of rugby ATL. Would you do it? I'll run with that. Uh, I wouldn't because it would mean that a dear friend of mine and Gary Gold would not be the head coach, and I and I think he is the right man for the job. So uh, I wouldn't do it. I uh, yeah. And, I mean, and Gary, that's, that's where. Hold on. First of all, whoever yeah. pol- whoever polished Scott Lawrence as a as an interviewee, bam. That's that's. <laughs> I mean, that was the perfect. That was the perfect answer to sidestep that thing. I mean, I don't know if Scott I, – I don't recall if Scott had a really good step on the field, but he has a really good step in interviews because he sidestepped that one perfectly. So if this rugby thing doesn't work out, politics is for you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, Scott, yeah. and, and, you know, it is truly a pleasure to be able to have somebody uh, of your level of involvement in Major League Rugby or rugby in general, really, uh, to be able to join us on the show. You know, you are a credit to your organization. You obviously have a lot of people who help you do what you do, and I'm sure that you give them the credit as well. So we're also going to give you the opportunity now to be able to send a shout-out to anybody important to you, friends, family, and maybe a message for the fans out there. So the floor is yours, my friend. I have to run with this one, don't I? You have to. Yeah. I, I just want to, you know, I just want a special message to our to our majority owner Marcus, who is uh, really good enough to bring me on board. And uh, Marcus is uh, is recovering a little bit. He's he's had a bit of surgery, and he's he's coming back, and he's coming back strong. And and I just want Marcus to know that we're praying for him, that we love him, and uh, and that we're looking forward to having him and Clea back here in Atlanta real soon. 
and uh, and that we just want to put a smile on his face and uh, and you know and make him proud of the team that that he's put together. So um, that would be my that would be my first one. Nice. I mean, what a wonderful message to be able to share. And you know, from our side here, I'm sure we can speak on behalf of the fans who love what you do. You know, the organization you're putting together is going uh, to do great things. The team is already beginning to evolve in a positive manner and showing great results. And we wish you well week after week because we will continue to be able to tune in to be able to see it its growth and its upward trajectory as we look to do so for every team in the MLR. Because it's not just about one partner; it's about everybody working together to be able to make this all possible. And uh, you are certainly one of those cogs in the wheel that are helping drive it forward. So from myself as a fan, and also I'm sure Scott and Rob in his absence, who is normally with us, feel very much the same way. Um, And in fact, I will put a feather in your cap too. We've had two previous interviews with uh, interviewees saying so many good things about you, uh, Mm. about your methodology as a coach, about their experience with you in the U20s and how it shaped them in their career today. Uh, And we're sure that that same tradition continues with your existing team as it will for all the rest to come as well. So it has been an absolute pleasure to be able to have you with us here on the Rugby Rant podcast show where we, of course, have insider interviews like this each and every Monday evening at 8 p.m. CST, where you can, of course, have the opportunity to hear straight from those that are the key players in Major League Rugby, whether it be in management, ownership, or as a player, we will continue to be able to bring you the news, bring you further and deeper insights, because that's what you deserve as a fan. Because here on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, we aim to grow rugby one fan at a time. Scott, it has, again, I must say it, and it is so important, Thank you for joining us. Do you have any final words you'd like to share? No, thanks for having me, guys. I wasn't uh, sure what to expect. I was a little nervous about the run pass kick, but um, it seems like we, we got out alive. So thanks a lot for having me. Excellent. Well, it has been fun. And again, you can also continue to enjoy the fun with us each and every week as you subscribe to us under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod on all of the social media networks that you may follow us, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. In addition to that, you can find us through your streaming podcast services, all the major ones under the same handle at Rugby Rant Pod. And on behalf of myself, Ty Braga, Scott Ferrara, And in the absence of Rob Hammerschmidt, who, of course, is normally with us, uh, we say thank you for watching this episode, and we thank Scott for joining us, and we will see you at the next. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.